Welcome back, everybody, to episode five of All Met Sports Talk here with Coach Sherm. Uh, great interview last week with Devin Judd, the former Good Counsel football standout and, and Harvard uh, football player and graduate. Had a lot of great feedback on that. If you haven't listened, go ahead and check that out. Very excited about my interview today with my good friend and coach. We're going to start transitioning here from football into basketball, which is you know what my true love and what I what I love doing. Uh, but we are getting closer to. Basketball season, as we know, COVID is kind of wreaking havoc around the country, especially on the region right now. So a lot of college and high school games are being canceled. Seasons are being canceled. As far as the winter sports, I heard yesterday that Alexandria – or I'm sorry, uh, I think it's Alexandria. Um, but they're canceling all their winter sports. So we'll see what happens here throughout the rest of the DMV, you know, as we move forward. So in the meantime, we are going to start talking to some some coaches, some players that are on the rise here uh, as we transition from football into, into basketball here. So before we get to the interview, just a couple of housekeeping items. Uh, remember to follow us on Facebook at All Met Sports Talk, Instagram at All Met Sports Talk, and Twitter at All Met Talk. And appreciate that support. Go ahead and give us a rating on Apple. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Uh, remember to go ahead and rate us on Facebook and on Apple. Definitely appreciate it. And let's get started for today. So I'm joined today by my my friend and a, a great coach, a great mentor in the community, Nash, uh, NCAA national champion with the Georgetown Hoyas, two-time champion at Episcopal High School as a head coach. Um, Coach Fred Brown, how you doing, sir? I'm doing well. How you doing, Cheryl? All right. Thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. So I want to talk to you kind of about your upbringing. So it's, it's really funny because, you know, I, I try to tell kids now they have everything at their fingertips, right? They got YouTube, they got Huddle, they got everything, you know, as far right. as their recruiting goes. And what's funny is when I talk to college coaches now for, for my players, they'll say, well, send me the whole game tape. They're not interested in this two-minute clip, right? Right. <laughs> But I, but that's really how you were you would be recruited and how I would be recruited in, in high school when we came up. So, uh, so you grew up in the Bronx. Yes, I did. I am from um, South Bronx, an area called Soundview Projects, and um, that's where I, it all started at the boys' club. You know, yeah, going to the boys' club, playing every day, morning, noon, and night, going to school and playing ball. Wow! And where'd you go to high school? Adelaide E. Stevenson. Well, I went to I went to a school called Aviation High School my first year. I went there to become a pilot. Oh, but I had yeah, I had found out when I was tested at the school that I was colorblind, and so that and some uh, racial issues, I transferred to my local high school. Oh wow, okay. Yeah. And so coming out of high school, you're a McDonald's All American, and you decide to go play at Georgetown with Coach John Thompson. What was the uh, what other schools had you considered at the time? I had narrowed it down to four schools, Duke, Michigan State, Ohio State, and Georgetown. Wow. Ohio State was number one in the country at that time with Clark Gellog and those guys. Wow. Duke was up there with, uh, what's the, um, Vincent and uh, what's the, the Philadelphia guy? Um, I forget his name. Now he played in the league for a long time. And then Michigan State, Magic Johnson had just graduated. Mm. He was a big point guard and I was a big point guard. Yeah. So. They recruited me to replace him which and then Georgetown. I, which I find um, fascinating because you're about 6'6"? Six, 6'5". Six? Six, five. Six, five, okay. So 6'5", point guard. I mean, that, you know, really wasn't – I mean, you still don't see that a whole lot. You see it a lot right. more now, but 
Um, but you, you choose to go play and then you're the big East rookie of the year, your freshman year at Georgetown. Right. And, and sophomore year, it was a sophomore year. You guys win it all. No, we won it. We, we lost Michael Jordan uh-huh. in North Carolina in 1982. That was my sophomore year. Oh, that was your sophomore year. And okay. then my senior year in 84, we actually won it. Okay. All right. I have my dates mixed up. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> uh, so you give Coach John Thompson his first championship, first black coach to win a championship as well. And you were there with Patrick Ewing. So what was that like to win an NCAA championship? I just want to tell you, I correct people all the time. Patrick was there with me. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I just want to get it right. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, you know, again, it's awesome experience as a player to you strive hard to reach whatever that level is that you can, your highest level that you can play. And uh, to be able to win a national championship is an awesome experience. I mean, the process yeah. is even more awesome than the actual winning championship. I tell people all the time, we, we lost it by a few points or one point in 1982 and won it in 1984. And it was just a slight difference in winning and losing, but it's the process that's what it's all about as far as I'm concerned. That's a great point. You know, it's funny because uh, last week when I was interviewing Devin Judd, he he was talking about just playing football. And he was saying and it's a different sport, but very similar to what you were just saying. Uh, he said something I found very profound that I had not thought about, but I spent a lot of time talking to my wife about it this week. He said, you have to love the grind yep. because, and, and it's very similar across all sports. But he said, you know, for him, for a 10 to 12 game football season, it starts in the spring, seven on seven, then you're weightlifting. Then in the season, it's practice, it's film, it's more weightlifting. You know, it's just nonstop. The grind is just nonstop. So you have to love the grind more than you actually love the game. And, you know, that's, a, that's just a true statement. I, I, I would tell you I enjoy practicing mm-hmm. more than I enjoy the games. I enjoy the workouts more than I enjoy the games. The games were a necessity. That's what you were striving for, the, to, to uh, display your talent. Mm-hmm. in front of millions, but the actuality of doing it on a day-to-day basis, it's like working out. You know, I tell my wife all the time, if you don't find something you enjoy, you ain't going to do it for long. That's right. So, you know, you, you got to enjoy the pain. Mm-hmm. You got to enjoy to endure the, the challenges that come with it. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at the college athlete, the great high school athletes or the pros and say, oh, they get paid all this money. They don't realize it's not just 82 games. It's 365 days, and you could break that up into three days, three three times a day that they're doing something to get better. Right. Yeah. Look at Clay Thompson last night's NBA draft. Clay Thompson gets hurt. What's he doing? He's in the gym. Yeah. He's playing. You know. Yep. I mean, not even knowing when. You know. I guess they're supposed to come back in December, but it's not training camp. It's not you know a team practice you know it's but he's in the gym so that's a great point I appreciate that coach and I'm I'm amazed that kids today you know of course working with these kids they don't like to run they say well I don't like to run I said well how you gonna play basketball (laughs) I mean it's just all they want to do is shoot the basketball there's so many other aspects to it Mm -hmm. that they don't want to do and I'm I'm just amazed at the running part it's like I don't like to run I was like well you need to find another another joy because you're not gonna do nothing without running yeah yeah i mean yeah how do you play basketball without running it's amazing yeah wow 
What was it like playing for Coach Thompson? You know, it, it was uh, – Coach Thompson is a um, very interesting individual. You know, I wanted to play for African-American coach. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I felt that he could help me on and off the court. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, somebody who could identify with me being an African-American young male coming out of inner city, didn't have a, a father. I had a father in my life, but in and out of my life. Uh-huh. And so I think I got all the things that I was looking for out of the experience. You know, he's certainly a very knowledgeable man about life and about athletics. He um, knew the X and O's. He had great exposure through Red Auerbach and yeah. Other programs, uh, Dean Smith was one of his mentors. So it was just an awesome experience to be able to uh, play under him. Yeah, there's a great story, actually. I, I remember, I think Pat, Patrick had, Patrick or Dikembe, I can't remember which one of them had told a story about that they were going to go to, I think it was Patrick, that they were looking at North Carolina and there was some issue down there and Dean Smith had actually, I guess, called uh, Coach Thompson for for Patrick. I can't remember the story. Yeah, now. I think it was Patrick. Yeah. Like and then I remember one time you and I were talking, there was a coach down there. I'm not sure if he's still there, but, you know, that he, he talked about other coaches and, and kind of what they meant to the game down there. At, was it Virginia Union or, or I can't remember the coach now, but he had been there for a long time. But, but you know, that he just – he really had a, a great respect for other coaches. doing. Yeah, know, Virginia in, Union. Yeah. Yeah, he had been there. He had other opportunities to leave there. And Coach Thompson said he really respected him. You know, a lot of people, you know, just using it to elevate. But he stayed at that school and right. developed a, that school and never left. As a white coach at an HBCU. Right, yeah. it's a, a yeah. Virginia Union. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a great story. Uh, all right, so then you, you, you find your way into coaching then. You learn from one of the, you know, argue, my, well, he's definitely my favorite coach in any sport of all time was Coach Thompson. It was a great loss, you know, losing him this year. But – uh, he definitely left his uh, his his mark on the world. Right. Uh, so I remember just as a kid, you know, just being in awe of what he did with that program, and you know, watching you as well. So, right. so you find your way into coaching. So how do you how do you get into coaching? And and tell us how you got there and and, and your, yeah. your road to winning two championships with Episcopal in in the IAC. Yeah. Well, in- interesting enough, uh, Coach Thompson had asked me through the assistant coach, Craig Eshrick, to become an assistant coach at Georgetown. And at that time, you know, when you go through a program, you know, four years, I was just wanted out. I, I didn't want to be nothing associated yeah. <laughs> with Georgetown. I just wanted to move on to the real world, as I called it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I went into sales, and I did sales, and I started, we had a family of uh, four children, and... I always had a passion, and I always thought I would go into coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that same assistant coach, Greg Gastrick, called me up and said there was an opportunity at Episcopal High School. Mm-hmm. And I went and interviewed for it, and, and they actually are boarding school. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, they have – you can live as a faculty member on campus. And so the opportunity – they wanted to bring me in as assistant coach under the football coach, like that the football coach would be the head basketball coach. I was like, I'm not interested in doing that. So they gave me the job as, as a part-time uh, person. And, um, you know, they never looked at my resume. They never asked me did I want to teach or anything of that nature. And at the time, I was in law school. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, I worked there, and as they got to know me and my passion and all, they started to try to get me to get more involved in the school. 
But my wife was totally against it because she's like, you got your own children to raise. I don't know if you've ever worked at a boarding school or know about a boarding school. No. Trust me, you, you they'll have you doing 20 different duties. You work in 24 seven. He was like, yeah, but you got your own children to work. So, you know, I, I understood that. And, and I was there for five years and I, I went after student athletes. It's a very tough school at the time. It was like $40,000 a year mm. uh, to get, go there. And um, so I recruited student athletes, mm. athletes who were, good athletes, but really good students. And we just had great success. You know, we bring brought a different culture. Mm-hmm. We played the same way as we played at Georgetown, in-your-face defense, <laughs> fast pace, or, you know, and then we could slow it down and control. You know, my belief is that you should teach the game as it's supposed to be played. Not There's all aspects to it. If you don't work on all aspects of it, when that time that somebody's pressing you and you're worked on a, uh, how to break the pressure, you're in trouble. Yep. Or if you don't know how to slow it down, all you is boogity, 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 then you're in trouble. So we worked on all aspects. And if you got intelligent kids and you get teach them how to work hard, you're going to have success. And that's mm-hmm. what we did at Episcopal. We had success. Even teams, when I took our Episcopal teams up to New York to play against Rice, and they blew us out by 40 points. But they knew they were, you know, we, we yeah, they said, wow, your kids play hard. Yeah, they, they're two totally different levels, you know. Right. Um, but give the kids the experience of playing against those quality players and and that fast pace and and uh, it was an awesome experience at the school. I enjoyed it. Wow, that's great. And so two championships, huh? and I mean that that league is tough. I mean, with the you know you got Bullis, you got. Um, uh, Sidwell friends. Sidwell, yeah, friends, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's been some great players that came from there. I, you know. I don't know if I should say this publicly or not, but I think that that the Sidwell coach is probably the best coach in this area. Yeah, I mean, Eric Short. Eric. Yeah. yeah, Eric's a very good Singletary. Singletary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Eric I mean, Singletary. He, he is a great coach. Um, always has those kids ready, uh, and they they are just so well coached when you yeah. watch them play. Um, and he was a good player himself. Yeah, he where did he play? Because I, I Sidwell I, friends. And then we're. Where do you go to college after that? I don't know what college. I want to say Rice for some reason, but I, think, I, I yeah, I'm not sure. And he played under um, George Leftwich. Oh, did he? Who is Coach Thompson's point guard at uh, Carroll High School? Wow. And George actually was, you know, slated to go to the NBA. He was an awesome guard and got injured. Mm. And uh, so yeah, he he trained under. Coach was coached by somebody very good, and mm-hmm. you know he does a great job over at Sidwell. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy- now we had to play them twice last year. We split with them. We they beat us. We were at the Governor's Cup, and they okay. beat us there. And then we had a uh, played them at their place later in the season, and, and we we beat them there. Uh, right. But just wh- when you like just, and I watched them coach a few times because we've been in different tournaments. Right. And j- I just sit there and watch, and I'm like, man, these kids. You could, you know, when you could just tell a team is well coached, kind of like what you were saying about your team at Episcopal. Um, you can't win there if they're not well coached. So you right. know, that's a testament to you. Uh, you can't win anywhere, you know, right. <laughs> because right. because eventually, it doesn't matter how talented you are, you know, it will catch up with you. Exactly. So, you know, it's it's just fun to watch that team play. And, and as a coach, you know, you can appreciate the the little things that go into into winning good defense right. uh you know ball handling is great shooting is great but you know what are guys doing away from the ball and how are they run in the offense and things like that special teams yeah 
you know, there's still special teams in basketball. So, you know, I, I, re I was reading something the other day and it talked about intelligence, mm. you know, basketball IQ. And I'm trying to think of someone who was much older than us, but was talking about the game that these younger kids are probably more athletic. Mm -hmm. They don't have the mental aspect of the game. And yeah. I think that's just a truism. Um, it's unfortunate that people don't think the game. I mean, the game has changed now, too. I mm -hmm. talked to Coach Thompson about this about six or seven months ago. I was over there at the Summer League, and he said, it's all about entertainment now. The yeah. game has changed so much. People don't box out no more. Mm -hmm. People don't understand the concept of defense. You know, people think man on man means I guard my man. No, right. you know, you stop the ball. You right. know, the man can't hurt yeah. you without the ball. Right. So it's, it's, it's fascinating. And one of the things that I've gotten back involved in uh, sports is just because of that, I don't like to see the game where it is. Yes, yeah, a lot more scoring and dunking and all, but I like the pure aspect of the basketball yeah yeah i uh you know when i when i got the job i'm at now with chapel gate so well, you know what's your specialty i said defense actually my last one too i just believe that you they say defense wins championships in football same same is true in basketball right. i mean when i won the championship last year you know the freshman team over at st vincent pilati we had some great athletes but our defense was stout you know yep. And yeah. we lost it to Matha. We were beating them at halftime. You know, we were beating them in the fourth quarter, ended up losing. And people couldn't believe that we hung with them like that. But I said, yeah. it's defense. You know, I mean, yeah, they're, they're Division One athletes up and down the roster. But right. um, I think they beat us by 11 or 12. But it was closer than that. Right. You know I mean? right. We, right. We had, I think, a two-point lead going into the fourth and just couldn't hang on. But, you know, without great defense and team defense, it, kind of what you said, you know, there's team defense. So, right. Uh, it's, I've seen some poorly coached teams as well, right? You know, yeah. <laughs> in yeah. state playoffs, I've seen poorly coached teams where, yeah, like your guys that sitting out of half court, why are you sitting on them when the ball's down there in the block? You know, right, right. <laughs> I text somebody, uh, oh, they had three games on TV on ESPN two the other day. Uh, some of the best teams in the country, the two top players in the country, one that's a senior, one that's a junior. And one team was losing by seven points with two minutes to go. And they were picking up, not at half court, at the three-point line. I was like, what? <laughs> How are you losing by seven and you letting them bring up the ball? But that's just the way the game has changed. So, yeah. you know, yeah. I, I, again, I try to teach these kids. I say, you may not be – you may be an average shooter, an average passer and all, but if you – you can show defense mm -hmm. and show a coach. That's going to be the, the fight, deciding difference that you bring to the table because mm -hmm. every coach needs somebody to get out there and shut down a, a player or, or to be able to change the, the swing of the game. Mm -hmm. And um, the kids just don't get it. You know, that's being true. in shape and being able to strap up and shut mm -hmm. somebody down. Yep. And if you, and, and if you think about it, if you're a Division One basketball player, just about every Division One basketball player can shoot. Yeah, but but if you can't play defense, they can't use you. Yeah, yeah, because you, know, you can't can score. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, and and um, Keith Gatlin, we had a um, what do you call it, Zoom call with college coaches with the kids that I trained. And one of the things he said is, he said I was hitting twenty five points in high school. He said I went to college and I wasn't nowhere close to twenty five. I was playing <laughs> with Len Bias and those guys. My role totally changed. He mm -hmm. said, but. What we look for, everybody says, what position you play on offense. 
we say what position you're going to be able to play on defense. Yeah. <laughs> if you can't stop somebody in that position, then that ain't your position. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh-huh. So let's talk about that because now – so you, you've started uh, next-level training. Um, mm-hmm. So you talked about some Zoom calls with, uh, you know, with college coaches. Uh, tell us where you're training. And, and I, I've actually been able to witness this, how, how we actually met. Um, these kids are put through it, man. I mean, it, it's, it's an incredible product that you're offering and, uh, and, and I've referred a few kids to you because I, you know, when you see some talented kids, I know that you can really get them, uh, if they have the potential, then you can get the most out of them, get that potential right. out of them and take them to the next step. But, uh, talk about what you're doing now, you know, what you offer. And again, it's called next level training and where you're doing it. Yeah. So what, what had happened was I went and got a master's in athletic administration because I really wanted to get back into sports, but I'm not an administrator to degree. I really like hands-on. And, you know, the challenge, as you know, in this area is finding a gym. So, you know, right. for, for a few years now, I've been thinking about it, my frustration and watching AAU, watching people play. And so I actually went back home. I have a nonprofit organization where I go and help kids. And I use athletic as the carrot to attract them, get involved in their life, and then teach them about life skills and what it's really all about. And when I went back one time in the Bronx, it was a, a area called Corp City. One of the guys that was a track star, much older than me, asked me to come speak to his kids. And we went; they were outside. Mm-hmm. And that's how we grew up playing outside. Mm-hmm. I was yep. like, wow, we've gotten away from that. And so I think it triggered to me, you know, why don't you just go outside? But mm-hmm. you know, now to convince these modern generation kids to go outside they think it's blasphemy you know like what (laughs) but with COVID guess what gyms was closed down and all and I have been working with Trey Carpenter for about four years now on and off helping him and so great kids by the way yeah he is he's he's awesome and he's grown tremendously I just love the pride what he's you know growing into yeah absolutely and and Trey actually called his dad and said, Dad, I want to co- work out with Brown again. So he called me, and I was like, sure, we can do that. And then Trey had been working, or Don had some other people, mm-hmm. and he's like, I got some other people want to train. So that's how it actually got me back into it. Mm-hmm. And um, and I had actually had a shoulder. Uh, I had a motorcycle accident. So when I was going to therapy, I ran into a guy that I was really close with. He used to come out to a pistol and train my kids for free. Mm, you know, he wow. used to train all the great athletes and he was like, you know, working at UPS and he was like, you know, I'd like to uh, get back into this. So I started thinking about it. I said, he and I would be a great team to work together. Mm-hmm. And so with with Don and the guys in the North Laurel area, I actually started coming out there working outside and uh, like anything. I was telling them they should use Darwin from a weightlifting standpoint. I, mm-hmm. did, I knew about the Vertimax because at Springbrook, where I worked as assistant coach under Donnell Myers, they used the Vertimax. And I seen the product mm. do some great things. Okay. And so I couldn't convince these folks that they needed to do weightlifting for mm-hmm. us. I said, but everybody loved this Vertimax. Mm-hmm. But we went and purchased two Vertimax. Oh, and, okay. And then – now they were everybody was excited. Oh, we do the Vertimax, and so we started bringing the Vertimax, and and now we do so much more than the Vertimax. We use a wide variety of products to do different things to help kids with their strength and their core. But at the end of the day, it is that you know we're not trying. We would love to find 
the Division One players that mm -hmm. want to train. Um, but a lot of times they get so much attention. Mm -hmm. What we're really looking for is those mid-range, low-range Division Two players that mm -hmm. want to get better, want to reach their full potential, whatever that is, mm -hmm. and help them to be able to get a scholarship, whether it's to high school or college. That's why it's, it's, we thought about the concept next level. You know, I'm I'm associated with a lot of independent schools, private schools, and, you know, sometimes it's, it's a great situation if you find a kid that's a good student and a good athlete mm -hmm. to try to marry them with a, a good school. Mm -hmm. And so that could be, you know, from junior high school to high school, high school to college, whatever it is, we're trying to help the person go to the next level that they can. Mm -hmm. That's great. And I think that in part of the I mean, aside from what you're doing there with the Vertimax, with the other training, uh, and I, I know you're working with bigs, you're working with guards, you're working with wings, you have something specifically for all of them, uh, which is great. I, obviously, you have the knowledge to, you know, to provide that on the court and then seeing that Vertimax with, uh, you know, with what that's doing with their core and their strength and everything like that is great as well. But then there's that other aspect that you have the connections, you you know, you talked about, um Zoom calls with coaches, and and uh, so talk about that. Like, what what was that about? Because I think that that's very valuable as well. Because that's giving exposure, uh, and not only exposure for the kids, but also the kids can see what college coaches are looking for and what's important to them in their programs. Right. So again, evolution. So I've been doing this for about thirty five years, helping mm -hmm. kids get into college. I probably helped a hundred kids get into college, and. So my wife would get so angry. She go, "You spend like five, six hours a day talking to people and helping them, and you should be charging them." I like, <laughs> you know, I grew up in a situation where this is what people did. You know, mm -hmm. just you know, if I could help somebody, you know, it's no big thing. And I think that Don Carpenter again was mm -hmm. telling me, he "Say, I, I think you you don't realize what you." could offer to people. Mm -hmm. And he said, you take it for granted. You could just call. He said, people can't just call. Yeah, people could train. People could do all the kind of things. But they can't just call up a coach and say, I got this play. And the coach say, okay, well, Freddie Brown say it. You know, I, I'm going to give it some credibility. And, you know, I got to still see the tape. I got to see. But I'll listen to what he's saying because he knows what level the kid may be able to play. So I, I thought that was um, something that was just eye-opening for me. And we just kind of like formalized it. We just put it in our package of services that we offer. Mm -hmm. If you see a kid, and every kid needs a scholarship. Mm -hmm. What people don't realize is, unfortunately, it's 365 Division One schools, but there's the equal number. So there's 9,000 schools that you can get a scholarship to. Mm -hmm. Then there's NAIA. You know, you'll hear kids all the time, I want to play Division One. I, I say, well, why do you want to play Division One? Well, I want to play on TV. But guess what? Every Division One TV don't play on TV. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But that's the wrong reason to want to play. You, bottom line is you want a free education. You yeah. want to be able to help your kids. So I think the right size to help the kids to go to the right school, mm -hmm. the right program for academic reasons, for athletic reasons, is a, a very important element that I'm, you know, concerned about always. Because a lot of kids, my daughter worked for a nonprofit. My daughter went to the University of Pennsylvania and graduated, mm, and Ivy she worked League. for a non, huh? Ivy League. Yeah, she went and she went to Murray. Uh, uh, Murray oh, okay. was not in the IAC, but that same academically, they up there with Silwell and Absolutely. Yeah, very good school. And the, the nonprofit she worked for was to help 
African-Americans, first generation African-Americans to get through school. Now we got more kids going to school. Mm-hmm. They're not completing their education. Oh, yeah. So I think that a lot goes into that. You know, if you picking a school just because the color of the uniform, or you don't know the right reason why you should go to that school, it's a problem. Mm-hmm. So I think that being involved in, with the kids that we train, helping them to identify what their strengths and weaknesses are on and off the court, and, and help them to be seen, you know, like not just with COVID now, but at the end of the day, if, if you ain't playing AAU, it's hard to be seen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and if you're not a great player, you may not make that great AAU program. Right. But so, you, But you still have talent. So we're, you know, developing and utilizing the network that we have to call on behalf of the players or expose them to, you know, the other part of it is like, we have to expose kids to know what college coaches are looking for. Right. If you listen to the parents, parents say, shoot the ball, shoot the ball. <laughs> well, guess what? Coaches are looking at a whole lot more than just shoot the ball. Yep. And the parents just want the best for their child, but mm-hmm. they really don't know what, what is best for their child. Right. So educating the parents, educating the kids of what coaches are looking for, it, it helps them to put themselves in a better position to accomplish what they want to continue playing basketball at the next level. That's great. I'm going to get and and I'm just going to piggyback on, on two points. One, I always tell kids, first of all, if basketball is taking, you could blow a knee, uh, you know, you're, you're well aware of, of how injuries work in college. Yeah. If basketball is taken away from you today and you can never play again, do you still want to be on that campus for four years? Right. And if the answer is no, then that's not the school for you. That's right. You're there to be a student first and basketball second. Obviously, you know, when you get to college, basketball basketball is a full-time job. If you're on scholarship, it's a full-time job. But, you know, you still got to be a student. And if you're not going to be happy there as a student, then you shouldn't be going there to play basketball. Exactly. And and second thing I say, as far as the Division One thing, everybody wants to take the prettiest girl in school to the prom, but right. she ain't going with everybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> you better go with somebody who wants to go with you, or exactly. she may leave you at that prom. That's so, right. That's <laughs> a very good point. Yes, yeah. Very find, good point. You know, find find the find the girl at school who likes you as much as you like her. Right. And and, and that's the same thing. It should be you know whether you pick Division One, Division Two, Three, NAIA, whatever. And NAIA can offer full scholarships. That's right. You know? And and a lot of people don't know that. A lot, again, it's just information is important. Mm-hmm. And I think Absolutely. that, you know, the, the thing that we try to do is just give kids information. When we send texts out every day, some motivational, mm-hmm. you know, uh, statement or video of somebody doing something that can help the kids. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's important. It is. That's great. Yeah, you're a great mentor. I, you know, I've seen firsthand what you've done. Uh, with these kids that you're training a very short amount of time, by the way. Uh, yeah, but kids, I've seen kids, and, and I'm not saying this because you're here. I, I don't refer kids to you for no reason. Right. Um, but, you know, when I talk to parents, I'm like, listen, there's drills that, and, and I can proudly say I've won two championships as well as a head coach, but there's drills you've done that I've never seen before. And when I talk to you about it, it's this what coach, this what we did under Coach Thompson at Georgetown. So you're getting – the best training around, you know, and, and I, I, I honestly believe that. And I've, and I've seen the results. I mean, these kids, you know, just spending a short amount of time with you, the growth and the, the steep incline of that growth is amazing. Right. Um, I, I think it's unfortunate that when you have kids who really want it, 
mm-hmm. and they don't have a place to go. Mm-hmm. I mean, they think they're going to the right place. Or I use I use this analogy: if you got a geometry exam and you practice, you study in uh, algebra, you are gonna fail that exam. <laughs> That's right. So if you ask a kid, "Are you working out?" Oh yeah, I go to the gym and work out. Well, what are you doing? Oh, I shoot a thousand shots. Okay, what else are you doing? You yeah. know, they they think they're working hard, and mm-hmm. because they just don't know until you could teach them all the other aspects of it or the correct way to do it. Everybody, the unfortunate thing is, you you use this another thing analogy. It's like Tiger Woods. If he misses, he's off a fraction of an inch. Mm-hmm. Right? He's working on that. But in basketball, just because people could throw the ball at the basketball and it hits the rim, they think they're shooting. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's a technique involved in it. You have to develop that technique. And sometimes you got to start from scratch. Right. You know, and a lot of people not willing to start, well, this is what I did or this is what my sixth grade teacher told me or whatever. Okay, well, if you want to continue doing that, you're going to get that result. Right. We can start from scratch and re, you know, correct those things that you need to be a more a proficient shooter mm-hmm. or defensive how to I don't people don't even know how to move defensively right I they agree. literally don't they don't know you have to <laughs> squat down they don't know you have to cross your feet I mean it's just amazing yeah yeah the real basic stuff they just don't know right yeah. and these are people who've been playing for a very long time <laughs> in right. good programs and good it's like programs. they're turning the wrong way. They don't know the point to the man, point to the basket, where they yeah. help the feet. I mean, it's just amazing to me. Yeah. Really amazing. It is, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm coaching under Coach Frick Frierson now. And it's funny you say that because just last week when we were working out, he stresses that. Point to your man, point to – you know, it's, it's always – you know, it's very it's – it's the details. It's the little things that wins championships, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I had a coach, one of the GW coaches who I know was, you know, was telling me a couple of years ago, he said, you understand when you run, when your team during practice is running a 17, them not touching that line when they go side to side, when they're running that 17 is the difference between second place and first place. That's right. You know, that, that's right. It's a game of inches. It's basketball, right. but it's still a game. Of, you're going to cheat that's yourself right. now. You're going to cheat, you know, in June, you're going to cheat yourself in February when it's time to win. So and you, and you know, it's fascinating that you say that because what, what happens is I think that the kids think they are fooling you, that mm-hmm. you don't know that they're not touching the line. Mm-hmm. They don't see the value in, you know, it's integrity. Why That's do right. I got to watch you to do the right thing? You know, if you don't, and I tell them all the time, I say, we're practicing for the championship game. You're going to beat everybody else just because you're going to be in better shape than them and you're getting training. That's but right. I said, now, when you come across those great talents and they are talented, they are smart, they learn the game too, the difference is going to be – I remember playing against Kim Olajuwon in the championship mm-hmm. or semi-championship. And by halftime, we knew we were going to beat them. We looked mm-hmm. at each other and said, we got them now. <laughs> they were so frustrated, you know, that they started arguing with each other and mm-hmm. all because we were just on them and they never had anybody on them playing like that. And they were all, they said seven players go to the NBA wow. after, off that team. But what they just seven? couldn't, couldn't. they didn't understand what we were bringing at them. Yeah. Wow. That's great. Integrity. Integrity in everything you do. That's great. Yeah. 
Well, I appreciate it, Coach. So I, I just have a couple more. Uh, quick, well, first of all, where can where can people reach out to you? And I'm going to put this on our Facebook and Twitter. Um, but the email that they can reach out to you for this training, I know that you, you know, there's a lot of restrictions going on right now, but uh, you are moving inside as much as possible with the weather changing. Right. Uh, but, you know, catch these nice days, we still catch you outside here. So. Yeah, <laughs> my, my telephone a, number is 202-320-1144. Okay. Um, 202-320-1144. My email address is NLT, Next Level Training, with Fred Brown at gmail.com. Okay, great. And I'll, and yeah. I'll post that uh, for everyone to reach out to you. I, I think it would definitely benefit, you know, middle school, high school, come get this training, you know. There, yeah, and, and we, we, go, we go into people's homes. We, okay. we break, like, the beautiful thing about the Vertimax, the beautiful mm-hmm. thing about what we do, you could actually do some of the training inside your garage, you know. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, we, we go and come to people if they're interested in the training. So, yeah, yeah love to have more people to be able to affect their lives in a positive way. Excellent. So I have a couple questions for you here. So uh-huh. some quick fire questions. First one, the biggest lesson you learned from Coach Thompson. When same thing you said, what what happens when that ball is deflated? What what are you gonna do when at some point in your life that ball is going to be deflated? You are not gonna be able to play basketball anymore. What are you gonna do with the rest of your life? Excellent. And so that's a and very he kept, a, he kept a deflated ball in his office right? on his on his desk. He had a deflated ball, correct? Wow, that's great. Uh, okay, and then. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Your all-time NBA starting five. Oh, wow. You know, I'm not a – I don't really watch the NBA that much, but I would say uh, Bill Russell. Okay. Um, mm, Michael Jordan, LeBron James. Um, try, to, try to put a forward in there. Might not be able to. Um, Patrick Ewan. Mm-hmm. I have to go with Pat. And um, uh, Kobe Bryant. Wow, there's your Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I love That's it. A, I mean, you know, there's so many talented players. Oh, yeah. But my thing is winning. You know, a lot of people don't know how to win. <laughs> and if you haven't, if you haven't, if it ain't in your blood, it's you don't understand it. It's so hard to win, right? Yeah. I mean, it is hard to win. I remember when, so last year, last year was my first time, my first year as a high school head coach, mm-hmm. and I won the championship. Yeah, that's and, awesome. I, and the AD came to me and said, do not take this for granted because these things are hard to come by. Right. Uh, and, it's, and it's true. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to win at each level. You know, I won at a private middle school before I, you know, was promoted up to high school. But right. uh I do not take it for granted. I mean, so what you said, whether it be a coach as a player, I never won anything as a player in any sport. I never won a championship mm-hmm. as a player. Uh, so it's very hard to win. And I think, you know, there's some, I listen to different podcasts and stuff with some of these athletes and, and hearing them say, it's so hard to win. These NBA guys, I heard them say, I think Bradley Bill said it. It's so hard to win a preseason game. Right. <laughs> it's true. You know, he said, it's true. you know how hard it is to win a championship in the NBA? Right. Because any, any level, you know? Yeah, yeah. any level. And, you um, know, I, I want to bet 
that's a, I think you raise a good point in this. I'm willing to bet you are a better coach because of the struggles you went through as a player. You know what I mean? You can appreciate what it took to not win or, you know, you know the things that reasons you did not win, now you apply as a coach. That's and true. It yeah. helps you, you know. And, and I think the other part of, like, coaching, I think what I bring to the table differently, a lot of people were great players, mm -hmm. but they didn't have – some of them, not, not everybody, but a lot of people didn't have to work. Mm -hmm. I never considered myself a great athlete. I never considered myself a good shooter. I, mean, I really didn't, or defensive player. So I played accordingly, mm -hmm. and I studied the game. I studied. We didn't have film back there then, but you know anything that I could do to become a better player. So I could actually break down every aspect of basketball mm -hmm. because that's how I did it. I trained myself every aspect because I never thought I was great or never yeah. thought I was good. And so, therefore, a lot of people don't understand. When you can break it down to the simplest form and teach it to people, mm -hmm. that's the advantage. A lot of people can know the game but can't teach the game, mm -hmm. you know. And so I, I think the value of something that you bring to the table and I bring to the table is that we can break it down. We understand. We appreciate all aspects of it. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, you get your team to buy into it. Once they buy into it, then you got something great going that's on. It. Absolutely. Well, let's end right there because that's I, I can't find a better way to end it. Okay. So, Coach Freddie Brown, I truly appreciate you. Uh, appreciate what you're doing in the community and and helping these kids just get better, not only on the court but off the court. I think that's more important. Uh, and and not only when on the court. The other thing I want to give you uh, your 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 flowers for is the confidence that you're instilling in them. So right. I've seen kids get better not only you know through their play but also their confidence in that in in themselves uh so that's a testament to you and to darwin uh you guys are de definitely have a great thing going here and and you know everybody would be beneficial to go ahead and search you out and, and get the kids involved and it's not a, a million dollars right you know it's it's a great value that you're giving so uh, yeah and we and that that is a good point i i, I have to tell you we're not everybody's not it's the right fit for people you know everybody I think, un unfortunately, there are people, like kids will come to you and tell you what they want to work out. And I laugh. Parents tell me, oh, they need to do such and such. I'm like, in my mind, every single parent that say that, I say, you need to work on all aspects of it. What are you talking about? I mean, you got all Americans that need to work on all aspects of it. But the, the challenge is that people text me all the time and say, well, I could go here and I don't pay you know, this amount of money or I could get this for free. And I say, you should go get that. You know what I mean? I mean, <laughs> that's what you should get. I mean, they just, and so unfortunately, what are you getting? You know, and that's the, the end of the day. I'm not looking for a billion people to train with. I'm blessed. If I got three, four, five kids that I can train and impact their lives, think about it. Over each year, you got that many people. I mean, I'm doing God's work. There you go. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you for your time today, sir. Good luck to you. Uh, stay healthy. Thank uh, you. Blessings to your family. Hope everyone remains healthy in this, this difficult time. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Thank you. Happy Thanksgiving to you and yours. Thank you. In case I don't talk to you before next week, but I'm sure that you and I probably will. All right. <laughs> but I bless we'll talk you. soon. Thank All righty. You. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.